This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. Sons of the Shoe is back. Nick Wilson, Spencer German, as the big voice guy said. What a lovely show we have for you. It is Combine Week, and several Ohio State hopefuls uh, going to the draft are working out, getting ready, trying to build their case to be a better draft pick. Um, Not one, though. Not the one everybody wanted to see in Indy. We'll get to that in today's show. We got Nick Saban's comments on his new role moving forward. But uh, as always, new show. Please follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking Apple, Spotify, 923thefan.com, the free Odyssey app. Please make sure to follow us as we are also on the 923thefan YouTube channel. Please make sure to hit subscribe there. Please make sure to uh, comment on the show. I've been a little lax recently, but as uh, Spencer can attest to here, I will go at you. I will engage with you rather at on the uh, on the comment sections on ninety two through the fan YouTube. But I need to get better at that. That's my I, bad. I agree. I'm I'm carrying the show. You're carrying the show <laughs> by doing all the hard work that I don't know how to do. But I'm carrying the show on the YouTube comment section. Probably not proportional. You're I'll still do, probably doing a hell of a lot more work than I am. In I'll, fairness, I'll do better. I promise. I, I will uh, step my game up. I will make sure that the so the problem is. I have like multiple YouTube accounts that I'm logged into at all times because I, for just other jobs that I have. And so I have to go through the process of like, okay, I need to log out of this, not log out, but I have to switch accounts. I have to go find the video. I have to now go comment. It just seems like it's very common, which really in the grand scheme of things, the process of me uploading the videos and cutting the videos and writing descriptions for the videos, it's way more tedious than that. So I don't know why that seems like the thing that's like the most difficult part to do to me, but it seems like the most difficult part to do to me. I don't know. So I can tell you why. It's the same reason why when that week I've balanced my checkbook, done 25 hours of radio, 
checked in on my people, been a good dad, cooked dinner multiple times a week, despite the fact I'm not home for dinner. When I've been super dad, why I can't get off my ass to do dishes. Because you, you're like, man, if I do one dish, I could do every dish. You start building in a very like, oh man, I can't make coffee for tomorrow morning because I just I just can't do another thing. And it's like you just take the filter out, you put new filter in the grounds, the water, <laughs> set the schedule. But in your mind, those four steps might as well be the four steps up to Mount Vesuvius before you chuck your ass into the volcano as a sacrifice a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, a uh, thousand years ago in Italy. Like that's you know, pagan sacrifices a thousand years, same thing as making coffee for yourself or setting coffee for your next out for the next morning, even though, you know, it'll totally make the next day easier. Like, you're just like, nah, can't do it, brah. It's too much. I can't, I, can't, can't do it. Won't do it. You're definitely on to something with like the idea that it's just something satisfying about like, oh, okay, I'm done with that. I can move on to the next thing. And you just don't want to think about like going back in any way. Not, not, I don't know. It, it, you're you're hundred percent right. It, it's like you Vanessa do teases things. me. Yeah. Vanessa teases me all the time. She's like, "Why you're you're talking about putting away dinner? Why why are you acting like it's <laughs> like it's curing cancer?" And I'm like, "Cause I can't do one more thing." You're, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, you bring it up in the home life. Like it's the exact same thing. Why after like a long day, I've had a lot going on. You know, maybe I maybe I guest host with you or something like that, and I come home, and then like the last thing to do in the day is like, "Oh, just put, just put the dishes away from the dishwasher." And I'm like. Yeah. And I'll sit down for like 10 minutes. I've been standing and, you know, working all day. And then next thing I know, I'm like, I'm too tired. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do it tonight. And then the next morning, it's it's a whole thing. So just take the 10 minutes it takes to put the dishes away. That's the Well, one. and here's the, you'll know this as a dad. Here's the other thing. Because my, my schedule is set around my kids and I don't make the decision on my schedule, it's made for me every day. Yeah. That becomes the hardest out in your life. So everything at the end of the night is like one, you look up and it's, you, you think it's eight 45 and all of a sudden it's 10, 15 and that, and that five forty wake up drum is pounding in your head. But then everything is like, no, that that's going to put me 10 minutes closer to wake up. That's going to put to my heart out of sleeping. And it's so funny how you just talk yourself into making the dishes, making coffee, taking the trash out, putting away dinner, anything that is so simplistic, it should take you five minutes that in the end, you're just like, uh, nah, uh, I think I'm just uh, past my bandwidth. That's a good way for saying you're just overwhelmed and you, you've, you've reached your point of, I can't do one more goddamn thing on this planet that I've reached. I've maxed, I've capped my maxed myself out. I'm on a max contract with the shit that I got done today. I will see you tomorrow. Like that. Well, those dishes, they're going to put themselves away tomorrow. Like this is really okay. And that's why uh, they always say you have kids, right? Cause then they just take care of that stuff. Then, then you, you know what? That's the biggest lie ever. <laughs> I have 10-year-olds and I have a 13-year-old and I am still my own personal slave. My my <laughs> wife is still her own personal slave. The kids it's like, "Hey man, uh you, you threw all this trash in the ground. Can you pick it up?" "Oh, why?" I'm like, "Cuz you threw the trash in the ground." <sighs> But why other people threw the trash in the ground? Like you start to go through every objection that you gave your parents. And now it's being slung back at you when there's two pieces of trash in the ground, there's a 10 minute fight to be had about a two second thing. Just you wait, buddy boy. Oh, just you wait. I, maybe you'll be, maybe you guys will be lucky. Maybe you guys will have a nice indentured, uh, indentured servant, uh, servant over there. I'll say it. I almost said indentured servitude. Um, 
indentured servant over there, maybe you'll have it. I got three of them, and man, they are the worst workers on the history of the planet, and it blows. It makes because then this is the other thing you start to do. Then th- the amount of work you put in to getting them to do the work, you could have done the work in one quarter time. Now I am a stubborn a hole. So I will continue. I will waste those 20 minutes fighting about a five-minute chore just for the sake of it. Vanessa's like, nah, dog. I'll just do the five-minute chore. And I'm like, You're, they're winning. They're winning. Those little bastards are winning. <laughs> hold the line. I'm like, I'm like Mel Gibson. The scene from 300, you're just I'm trying like, to hold it back? I was thinking of Braveheart. They may take our lives, but they'll end up doing their chores. <laughs> That's definitely better. I like that a lot better. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, this week in Indianapolis, it's it's kind of another Ohio State-centric combine. Last year, the big question was, are the Bears going to trade the number one pick or are they going to keep Justin Fields? And one of the guys that could have been in the running for was C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback, at one. Well, this year, um, the Bears are debating whether to trade C.J. Stroud, former Ohio State quarterback, or – uh, potentially take a quarterback at one and then trade him. And and obviously there's the Marvin Harrison Jr. side of things, which is huge and a big news story we're going to get to later in the show. But I just think it's interesting, the situation Chicago's in. I said this on my national show. I said it yesterday. I said it last week on my local show on 92throughthefan.com. The reality is um, I don't think there's an absolute win for the Bears. Like I think keeping Justin Fields and trading the number one pick comes with immense risk. I think taking a quarterback number one and trading Justin Fields comes with immense risk. And here's the thing. I think keeping Justin Fields and taking Caleb Williams with the number one pick comes with immense risk. I don't think there's a sure thing from where they're sitting. There's a lot of really intriguing options, which we delude ourselves into thinking are sure things. But man, I... I, I really think Justin Fields has been the victim of some bad coaching and some bad situations in Chicago, but I don't know I'd stake a franchise on it. I think that's different if Chicago does it than if Atlanta trades a second-round pick for him and then they're basing a year off of it. Because with Chicago, you've already got the three years you've spent on Justin Fields, plus this next year, plus that future conversation about do we have to give him a contract so we can substantiate our decision to go with him instead of taking Caleb Williams at one, if that's how they go. I, I think the contract thing is the big reason why Chicago, their, their hand is kind of forced here to me. Like they have to draft another quarterback because if they're still, at, I, I always like to drop the line of if you're in year three, year four of a, of a rookie deal with a quarterback and you still don't know, like you're still asking yourself, is this the guy? I think you kind of have your answer. Like you, you don't, you don't a hundred percent. You're not hundred percent sold. And that's, and that's, and that's no disrespect to Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a fine player. I think that there's certainly the ability, like where he, if he goes to the right place, that's going to really build the offense around him and, and, and all this different stuff. Like he can still be successful in this league. But I think if Chicago is trying to do different things and they're still asking themselves the question, is this guy the, uh, the, the franchise quarterback for our organization? Then you kind of have your answer. Um, so I, I think they do have to draft a quarterback. Whether I'm, I'm obviously I'm assuming that would be Caleb Williams. Although this time of year is always fun for uh, the the draft, uh, just rumor mill and then and, and different guys like stocks rising. So I know Drake May is a hot topic right now, and he's he's here. He, he's in Indy. So um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting scenario to be in. I think that Justin Fields um, maybe would benefit from a fresh start somewhere. I think there's certainly some teams that would like to maybe build their offense more around him. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know 100% what the answer is other than the fact that I think if you're, if you're Chicago and you're sitting there and you're like, do we really want to – are we sure we want to pay this guy that big contract like you mentioned? You kind of got to reset the clock on that. that. That's the thing that getting bringing in a rookie quarterback does. It resets the clock on it, gives you a chance to sort of figure out if the next guy's the guy, and then you can maybe pay that player. But I think because you're not 100% sold yet on Justin Fields, I do think they're probably going to end up trading him, but it's it's going to be one of the hot topics here in Indy just because of the fact that the Bears are basically um, – I mean, they, they have the number one pick, so they're on the clock theoretically, right? That's always the thing people say. But their decision-making is going to truly dictate everything that happens behind it and, and who's going where and what – you know, that means something for Marvin Harrison Jr. That means something for um, – other other quarterbacks, Drake May, some of these other guys. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So I don't want to minimize what you're talking about contractually because I do think it matters. And a great point to, to like look at was the Giants not picking up Daniel Jeremiah's fifth year – or Daniel Jeremiah – Daniel Jones's fifth-year option in New York – then he went out there on his fourth year. They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game with him over the heavily favored Vikings. And it put New York in a position where they felt if they didn't, you know, sign him to a long-term contract, they were going back to the quarterbackless abyss. Well, the problem is because they didn't pick up that fifth-year option, which would, would have set in a lower um, number, they gave him four-year $160 million. And then I'm talking about three months later, that contract was an abject disaster. So – you look to the Baker decision in Cleveland, like you can start to look elsewhere and understand that there's a lot of validity to the contract situation, the fifth year option going into year four, not certain. What I will say is I think we've gotten to a point where that overrides the real conversation. I think the reality is if you're confident, if you're more confident, Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback than Caleb Williams. I think that needs to be the number one thing that informs your decision. And I'll be honest with you, Caleb, I think, is more what NFL evaluators are looking for, right? That the people in the NFL are looking for the next Mahomes. Caleb did a lot of off-script magic. He has an elite arm. What people are sleeping on is potential concerns of immaturity about skipping postseason stuff, or uh, sorry, post-game uh, media availability. There was the fingernail thing two years ago. There is how involved is Daddy Dearest in the decision-making because that could be a nightmare for an organization. There's a couple other like things. And again, I'm not saying maturity is a definitive concern, but I'm saying that could be that's the kind of thing that holds a guy like that back. And so are one of the things that could hold him back. So you really have to do your due diligence and make sure that you're getting a guy who fits culturally what you need. Cause if that's the thing that undoes you, I mean, it's like it, it's like, that's Johnny Manziel with the Browns. 
That's Justin yeah. Gilbert with the Browns. You cannot have that, especially when you've got a guy right now that the very least has been incredibly um, competitive in his lonesome and kept you in games with very little help around you. So I, I agree with your take about, yeah, the contract matters, but I think we've gotten to a point in the NFL where the, it's almost like a cliche of, well, it's three years, let's rinse and repeat and let's move on to the next one. There's no guarantee that you're going to go from Justin Fields to Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams is going to do what C.J. Stroud did this last year yeah. and that Caleb Williams won't be closer to what Bryce Young was this year in Carolina. I think the the the, the it kind of boils down to like more bites at the apple, right? Like you're you're getting a chance to try a different quarterback, um, and rather than one that you've you've seen for three or uh, this is a different regime there than the one that drafted Justin Fields, but still, like it's a third year in the organization, they have more, I guess, understanding and, and empirical evidence of maybe who he's going to be or what he could be versus like Caleb Williams. There's always that dream of like. He has this untapped potential that we don't know about yet. Let's see how he fits in the NFL. So the, 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 I think that mystifies a lot of teams and that mystifies a lot of fans. Um, it gets you excited. So I get why that's a thing. You're right. There's no guarantee, but I do think it's kind of par for the course in the NFL. Where you, know, you see, can, these, can I hop in here? Cause you yeah. just said something and you're right about it that I think is partially where the NFL loses me a little bit. The NFL is so drunk on potential, and they don't just do it with number one picks, right? They don't just do it with, like, they. that's why, that's honestly why someone's going to talk themselves into Justin Fields. And sometimes it works out, but sometimes it's like Sam Darnold in Carolina, where he was bad in New York. Not like, not like, eh, it's been, no, he was just bad in New York. And then he goes to Carolina and although he was an upstanding citizen, the guy was not much better. So the yeah. best he was in Carolina was at best average. And Carolina wasted two full years on that guy. And so I think that's the, the, the NFL is so drunk on potential, not to continue to go to the, the Carolina Panthers thing. But uh, Adam Rank the other day said the Panthers should consider trading Derek Brown to recoup draft picks. And so my thinking here is, all right, you got Derek Brown, who's a hell of a football player. And you're hoping you can get a number, a first-round pick for him because the Panthers don't have a first-round pick because of trading up with the Bears last year uh, to, to go ahead and get Bryce Young at, with the number one pick. And that trade gave the Bears the number one pick this year. That's a, that's not the Bears' own native pick there. But, like, in this case, you're you, Adam Rank is suggesting they should trade a known product who is entering the prime of his career, who is – maybe not the perfect pass rusher at the defensive tackle, but he's actually one of those guys who, if you look at his ancillary stats, he's an insanely productive player. He's suggesting trading that guy for the, for at least one draft pick in the hopes that one day that draft pick could be an incredibly productive player. And I get, like, maybe they just want to focus it on a different position. Maybe they just want, but like this whole idea of, well, you know what? We need more potential around here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a known quantity, a, a highly, I mean, just a very good football player, if not high-level football player, in the hopes of taking a high-level football a player with this draft pick. And it is just this cycle of potential, and it bites more teams in the ass. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when you trade a, a proven NFL player for a top 64 pick, I would I would almost guarantee that more times than not the proven player continues to produce 
and the unknown quantity doesn't match up to that 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 potential of that other player. It doesn't well, always. Smart teams make yeah. good trades, but man, this just generality of well, hey, they need more picks. They should trade a good football player. Doesn't it? Isn't that antithetical to what don't like? Yeah. Hey, we're going to get worse now, so we might get better tomorrow, or we might get the same tomorrow. I also think the potential, the 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 concept of potential also matters in the life cycle of these these coaches and these front offices. Like they they thrive off of that because it gives them something that they can bank on. Like, oh, we got this quarterback that we're trying to develop. Like, we got to give him a couple years, and then theoretically, that gives that coach or GM a little extra time. I mean, J- Jeff Fisher in the NFL did this when when he was with the Rams. Good old 500 Fisher. He, he could never really do much other than the year that they, they obviously went to the Super Bowl when he was with the Titans. But then it was like, other than that, he was always hovering around 500, right? Like that was always the joke with him. But the the his last few years in, in L.A., he had Jared Goff. And it was, uh, you know, we're not going to pull that card out yet because we potentially have a franchise quarterback. So I, I get why that matters. Um, and I get why it's become a thing. But you're right. They probably rely on that a little bit too much. And you and I have both expressed on this show that there's there there are concerns for Caleb Williams and and I think that's always the scary thing with the with the draft in general and drafting these players um there's there are times where a guy coming out of college is a sure thing we we've seen it I mean Andrew Luck was one and Andrew Luck if you want to call him a bust because of what the hype was around him fine I get it but I mean that guy coming out of Stanford you knew he was going to be a really good quarterback and he was a really good quarterback almost instantly from the day he got in the NFL. It was just that he kept getting hurt, like injuries, injuries basically throughout his career. Um, like he was a sure thing. Obviously like Peyton Manning was considered a sure thing when he came out. So every now and then you get like one or two a decade that you're like, we know this guy is going to be really good in the NFL. And then all the rest, even as much as these people are going to be breaking down the tape and telling you why they know this guy's going to be good or that guy's going to be good. But we saw with Bryce Young last year. And then Bryce Young had a terrible rookie year versus C.J. Stroud, and the Panthers could have had him. So it's it's an inexact science all the way around, and it makes it hard uh, when you're assessing these things. And we have concerns of our own about Caleb Williams. I mean, look at his record against the ranked teams last year. It looked like he really struggled when he was under duress. Like there's certain things that just didn't really show a guy who maybe is going to be great at the next level, but that doesn't mean he won't. It takes, you know, everybody deserves a shot. He'll get his. He's likely going to be one of the top picks, if not the top pick. Uh, but it is interesting what that means for Justin Fields and kind of where he goes from here. So as the combine revolves around Ohio State again, Justin Fields, will they, won't they trade him? Marvin Harrison Jr., which we'll get to later in the show. It's funny. The most noteworthy thing I've heard Justin Fields say recently has nothing to do with his status with the Bears and all about his thoughts on the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're going to get to that next, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. 